Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by my good buddy, Harris Kermani. It's a wonderful Thursday. It's December 9th. We got a light day, Harris. We only got three games to talk about, but coming off of a big 13-game banger, it's good to have one of these little quiet days. But how's your week going? Ah, week ain't going so bad. Can't complain about that. Fantasy team's looking good, but uh, as a Raptors fan, it's not going too nicely today, taking a bad loss. And for whoever is a Raptors fan, that ending was just like Brooklyn Game 7. Freddie got hit in the face going in for a clear shot, should have had the foul to end the game, but did not. And we take a one-point loss to OKC, which is just very, very annoying on a personal level, but great game, though. Shouldn't have had to uh, make the comeback we did, but yeah, it was there. (laughs) Well... You could be a Mavericks fan, man. Uh, at, le- <laughs> at least, you know, you know, I wouldn't say you didn't have as much hopes coming into the season after losing Lowry. I mean, you probably still had good hopes. Siakam hurt at the beginning of the year and a lot of things that, you know, just weren't going right for the Raptors, I guess, early on. But I lost all hopes, man. I'm I'm just trying to enjoy what I can of the season. But this this Mavericks team is uh, is pitiful. It doesn't help when you absolutely hate your head coach. Like, I, I wasn't a fan of the whole Jason Kidd signing to begin with. It's... I'm I'm just ready to move on at this point. Move on with the coach. <laughs> Can't even trade. Like I, everyone's getting excited, thinking their team could trade for Miles Turner. I know we have no shot. We have nothing to trade. It's just it, it's pitiful. But that's why we look to DFS, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you just have when you just go through misery, uh, you can look forward to building a couple lineups and stuff like that. Ruin for other players. So that's what I'm looking forward to. A nice little three game slate. We're gonna jump into everything. But before we do, quick shout out, guys. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, you guys already heard us mention it a few times now. Thrive Fantasy, the newest sponsor of this show. And the one that we all love, because I think we were just talking before we got on air. You were a Thrive Fantasy player well before uh, you know we got this as a sponsor. Santino and I were the same. Thrive Fantasy is daily fantasy and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. So you choose 10 of 20 available prop player bets and build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million thus far. Use promo code ETHOS when you sign up and you receive 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So, Head over to your app store or your play store, download Thrive Fantasy by visiting or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today and prop with us. So we're going to be adding that new segment to a lot of our shows where we're going to be giving out our favorite Thrive Fantasy prop for the very next day. So tune in right after our player tier segment. You will get that. But we have three games to talk about, my friend. The first one, one with no injury report yet. Because it's a back-to-back for both of these teams. It's going to be Utah traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the 76ers. So, just going to throw it out there. A little, uh, little foreshadowing here. My prop bet might be in this game. As far as a game total and a spread, we're not going to have that. In fact, right now, we only have one game total. So, we're going to skip over that. We're going to have to keep an eye on that news. But, no injury report, as we know with this. Utah team, they're pretty much fully healthy outside of Sam Whiteside, who missed, I believe, the past two games. So something to keep an eye on for him. 
And then for Philadelphia, Ben Simmons continues to be out. Outside of that, they should be fully ready to go. Although I did notice Joel Embiid was riding the bike near the tunnel at some point tonight. So back to back, keep an eye on Joel Embiid's health. So that's uh, we'll start off with Utah, man. I'll pass it on to you. What are you looking at for this Jazz team on the second half of a back-to-back? Yeah, and as you said, coming off a 13-game night, you're going to have a lot of these back-to-backs, and it's just one of those things where you got to really look at who is going to be able to run out there and keep that level of gas all the way going. And on the Utah side, I mean, Rudy Gobert had an absolutely monstrous game the first time around against Philly, but Joel Embiid was not there in that that being said, the price tag is just one of those that's just really enticing for me. Any of those close games where you can expect Rudy Gobert to be able to play somewhere in the mid to high 30s, he's more than likely going to be able to pay off his numbers just on his rebounds and the couple of blocks that he'll get. If he gets his offense going on a couple of those lobs that uh, you know he's got going tonight, for instance, uh, against the... Uh, uh, I forgot who they're playing right now. But yes, yeah, so the lobs that he's got going today, it's just one of those they're, games They're playing where, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where I like him in that matchup. He's definitely going to be playing high 30s as far as his minutes are concerned. And uh, he's likely, you know, just given uh, everything else on the slate, my favorite big from a you know, price to performance ratio. So I'm looking at him today. And then after that, uh, honestly, with uh, these these uh, Utah games against Philly, they often find themselves going a little bit deeper into their bench to really try to get that shot going. And Jordan Clarkson at his current price tag is in a pretty enticing spot for me. I mean, he's down into that 4,000 range now. Hasn't been playing super, super well, but this is just a good bounce back spot for him. Uh, Philly gives you the opportunity to be able to chuck up a lot of threes. Uh, You saw even today against the Hornets, they break down a lot on the perimeter. So I expect Jordan Clarkson to be able to get that opportunity, put up big buckets and get himself really going because he's just been sitting in that like mid to low 20 minutes range purely because his shot is off. And for 4,900, that's a GPP pivot I'm looking to take. And then it's all about whether you believe in Donovan Mitchell at that price tag. I think I like some of the uh, later options at that mid to eight, you know, late 8,000s to early 9,000s more so than Donovan Mitchell, but you can never go wrong with him at 8,800. You can easily pay it off if he has a good night. Yeah, again, not much I'm going to disagree with there. Um, I'm, I don't know if Gobert is, if listed, if, if we do see Embiid sits out, I think he probably will be my favorite center. He's definitely in play. He's, He's the mid-tier option. You know, I have, I have a low-tier option. I have a mid-tier. And I'm never going to argue against Jokic once we get to him as well, um, who's also on a back-to-back. So it's worth noting that as well. But I'm with you. I do I do like me some Gobert. Uh, I want to keep an eye also on Mike Conley because I didn't mention that at the top, though. It is back-to-back. And there's a decent chance he sits out of this one. If that were to happen, you know, Clarkson, Ingles, both those guys become absolutely fantastic plays. I, I think Ingles and Clarkson are probably both in play either way. Um but I think, you know, once once we see or if we see Mike Conley rolled out, he becomes pretty close to a must play. And then it's a back to back for the veteran Rudy Gay, but he's been playing decent minutes. Uh, as long as Rudy Gay is playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, he can pay off a thirty nine hundred dollar salary. And it's only a three game slate. So we're going to be looking for some value. So those are the main guys I'm looking at. I like I'm kind of with you. I do think there's some other options I prefer over Mitchell, but. When it's all said and done, I, I, you know, everybody pretty much outside of Mike Conley and Bogdanovich are going to be in play for me. Uh, on the Philly side of the ball, not going to Joel Embiid in this matchup. Hint, hint, foreshadow, player prop. Uh, just not targeting Rudy Gobert, not targeting with a back-to-back. There's 11K. I'd rather pay up for Jokic. There's just a lot of reasons why I just don't, do not want to play Joel Embiid. Uh, even as a pivot, 
you know, I get it, low ownership, the whole nine to go with it. I'm just not doing it. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, this will be his second game back after missing with that illness. Uh, looked looked a little rough around the edges in today's game, uh, and that's a fantastic matchup. This is not such a good matchup. So don't think I'll be going to Maxey. I'm really just going to be looking at some of these ancillary options. I really just don't even want Tobias Harris for the most part. He'd probably be the one spend up on his team I can, you know, take. But for me, it's really just going to be spending down, I guess, on a guy like Danny Green. Uh, maybe you're dating some value with a guy like George Niang. But that's probably the only real two options I'm looking at. Just really not enticed by this Philly team. At all. I don't know if you have anything else to add to it, but that's just kind of my take. You know, turning a three-game slate into a two is probably the route I'm going to go. Fair enough. And this is likely going to be one of those not-as-high-scoring, but it's a grimy, gritty game all the way through. But uh, just watching a lot of the Philly game today, I really like, as you said, Tyrese Maxey looked a little bit out of it, so they had Seth Curry running a lot more of the offense. And, I mean, he had a great game today, and he's it's just one of those where if he gets on a streak, you'll often find that he has a couple of games where he gets his shot going. And outside of that Charlotte game prior, where he had a, an off one, he'd been paying off that 5000 for you know three games straight. And I like uh, 5600 being a pretty good price tag, given you know, the low amount of slates or the low amount of people that I truly trust in that middle price tag. So honestly, he was the only guy I had really circled. And I kind of have a feeling Embiid is either going to be limited or not in this. So I've got Drummond just there sitting on the side. But of course, that's just going to be chalk if he happens to sit out. Yeah, and it's just chalk that you eat. Um, even in a tough matchup like this, if we know Drummond's playing 28 minutes at 5,200, he doesn't need to do much. All right, we'll move on to the next game. L.A. Lakers traveling to Memphis. They are taking on the Grizzlies in this one, the game that we do have a game total and a spread for, 221 game total. Lakers favored by only two and a half points. Trevor Ariza is still out. Anthony Davis, LeBron, both probable. And then Kendrick Nunn probably won't be back until at least January is what we're seeing. So we know that he is out as well. I'll pass it over to you. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to let you talk about Memphis because I know you're dying to. Uh, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we all know why. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the Lakers here. Uh, definitely some decent spots to spend up on uh, on this Lakers team. I mean, if you're not spending up on Jokic, you're probably spending up on one of these studs, in my opinion. It's probably not going to be Russell Westbrook. Uh, just He's playing well, don't get me wrong. But, you know, when all these guys are healthy, he really struggles to pay off that, that big salary. He needs to be more of that low nine range in order for me to consider him if LeBron and Davis are both healthy. If I'm going anywhere, it probably would be LeBron in this one at 10-1. Uh, looked like a different man in that last game. Really took over, shot 13 and 19. Now, the ancillary stats weren't there. So as good as he played, he didn't pay off that salary. But more often than not, I'm going to take the over on his, you know, rebounds and assists around that, you know, 12 range. So I have no problem looking at LeBron James in this one at 10-1. I think he's a, gr- a great play. Going back to the well with Malik Monk, he's getting a little price range uh, increase right here. You know, he was down at 4,400 in that last game. Again, short slate. Normally, I wouldn't be looking at Monk so much at 4700 But on a three-game slate, when you're trying to find a little bit of decent value, somebody that probably won't draw a lot of ownership simply because of the price increase, he's, more often than not, he's probably going to see you know the mid to high 20s. And yes, Avery Bradley's back, but I have a feeling this, is, this just suits up for him well. Uh, coming off the bench, going against the secondary unit that's a little battered and tattered right now with Kyle Anderson and a few of these other guys being out which I didn't even mention the Grizzlies uh, injury report. It's because we don't have it. Um, so, you know, Kyle Anderson most likely is sitting. Brandon Clark will probably most likely miss another one as, as well. So I think Monk in the secondary unit, very decent option. And as much as I hate Carmelo Anthony, having one of these bench scores, I think for the Lakers, I, one of these guys are probably going to have a great game. So 
I don't mind taking stabs at those two guys and then pairing it with a little bit of LeBron. If you wanted to play Davis, I wouldn't fault you, but it's no Westbrook for me. Yeah, I, I think you've pretty much got it on there of those three guys in the same kind of price range. I My tier of trusting is usually Anthony Davis and then LeBron, but honestly, Anthony Davis has been just really weird to me. He doesn't get aggressive enough, and it seems like LeBron has come back at this point with uh, his abdominal injury and just really looking to get the Lakers back on track, really look for a lot more of his shot, which is why you're seeing him get into that 20-shot attempts a lot more consistently, whereas usually he'd be more looking to get the dimes going. So uh, we saw that in the Boston game. It was a blowout. Otherwise, he would probably have dropped another 50, and he's been on a great tear. So he's definitely the stud of my choice of those three guys. And then, as you said, I mean, Malik Monk is a, is a great option out there. Uh, I'm kind of half interested in to see how many minutes uh, Dwight Howard ends up playing as well in this game. But again, that's more of a an aside. It's really just LeBron and Malik Monk. But as far as Memphis is concerned, I mean, first and foremost, you already know my love for Jaron Jackson on here, but it's just uh, a great matchup for him to be able to exploit. First and foremost, the Lakers are really bad perimeter defensively. I think last I checked, there were 20 fifth or 24th in uh, opponent three points uh, given as well as attempted. So just a great opportunity for Jaron Jackson to be able to stretch out uh, a guy like Anthony Davis, really pull, pull him out there, uh, force him to be the one that gets defended. And if that doesn't happen, then he's going to get that opportunity to be able to put up a lot of shots you know, with confidence. As I said, for him, it's all about shot attempts and getting those up consistently. Even tonight, he's going seven of 16 against your Mavs right now and having a great game. So it's just one of those things where as long as he stays out of foul trouble, he's always going to be a pick of mine. Uh, until he gets to 8,000, honestly, I find myself playing him most nights. Even if it doesn't happen to pay off on, let's say, you know, two out of those nights, you'll have the opportunity for him to be able to hit that mid-40s every time. So I'm happy taking him. And as long as uh, I know that Kyle Anderson's out, yeah, go back to uh, either the well with uh, DeAnthony Melton, but more so than that, with Brandon Clark out, I really like going to the well with Steven Adams, who's had two really solid games as far as minutes are concerned. And even right now uh, against the uh, against the Mavs, he's about to put up a low end double double as well. So it's just one of those we talked about tiers of uh, of big men to be able to take. I know you wanted to avoid Rudy Gobert or any of those as your top tier. If you're looking at a mid tier guy, Steven Adams is someone who may be of interest and against uh, potentially a Dwight Howard matchup or a DeAndre Jordan to get up against him. He may get himself into that mid to uh, low to mid uh, 20 minutes again, and that should be able to pay it off. I'm right there with you. He was uh, he's probably one of my favorite center options outside of Jokic on the slate. I just don't sign. There's no real value tier for center, in my opinion. There's no like you know guy under 5K that I have a lot of interest in. So I think he is the value option at center if you wanted to feel comfortable outside of you know maybe an option where you could sign somebody that's a power forward position in there. But for the most part, Stephen Adams, you're right there. He's minutes are up going against a Lakers team where. I mean, in this matchup, it wouldn't shock me if Dwight starts, but who knows what Frank Vogel is doing at this point. Uh, they're mixing and matching that starting lineup so, so much. Either way, I think Steve Nads, 5,100, great option. Melton's in play for me at 46. Fantastic option with all that bench usage he's going to have. If you wanted to take a dart throw on a guy, you'd absolutely, you're desperate, you need the value. Maybe a guy like John Conchar. Uh, when Kyle Anderson's out, he just simply gets a little bit more minutes playing the three. So another guy I think we could take a look at. It's also worth noting that it is a back-to-back for this Grizzlies team. Dylan Brooks, he's healthy now, but uh, you know we've seen him have his own injury problems starting the season late. Maybe they limit him a little bit on this back-to-back. Uh, not exactly 100% certain on that, and you know, I have no evidence to back it up. Uh, but I believe this is going to be one of his first back-to-backs since actually returning from the injury. So it's something worth noting as well that if he were to sit Melton, Conchar, both those guys would get major boosts, I think, as well. So... 
Uh, those are the three guys I'm primarily looking at. I wouldn't fault you for going with a Dylan Brooks, but nothing more than a GPP. And again, I, I just don't know if I fully trust those minutes on the back-to-back. But we have... One game remaining. Before we get to a quick shout-out to Manscaped, guys, head over to manscaped.com. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off plus free shipping on your first purchase. And that's an entire order. You can fill that shopping cart with as much as you want. Get your gifts. Get them for the holidays. Get them for yourself, which I highly recommend, including the Lawnmower 4.0 and that perfect package kit, guys. So head over to manscaped.com and use that promo code HOOPBALL20. One game left, my friend, is the Denver Nuggets traveling to San Antonio. Denver on the second end of a back-to-back as well. San Antonio has five games this week, so uh, they are going to be feeling it nonetheless. For the Spurs, it looks like Kelton Johnson is doubtful after that ankle sprain. He returned. He tried to play through it, ended up leaving again. So he's most likely sitting out of this one. Outside of that, Zach Collins remains out. Devin Vassell is also doubtful as well. So no game total right now, no spread. Pass it over to you. I'll let you take the nuggies here. What are you looking at? Yeah, man. You know, this matchup is first and foremost been one of the uh, more fun ones this season. If we saw the one earlier in the year where they won uh, 102 to 96, it was Jokic just putting up an absolute masterclass to show exactly why he still wants to be the uh, MVP running drop 70 DK points in that game. And it's just a matchup that's been awesome for him. Like they, Yaka Pertle, as good as and solid as he can be, he just doesn't have, I would say, the wherewithal to be able to stay in front of a guy like Nikola Jokic. And he just gets the opportunities to be able to put up a lot of points and a lot of offensive rebounds as well, just because he's able to read uh, a Pirtle a lot off the uh, off the misses. So, you know, we talked about the studs out there on a back to back. Jokic is probably one of the guys I'm absolutely okay to trust. His price tag has actually come down a little bit, down to that eleven thousand eight hundred versus the uh, twelve grand that he had against Chicago, which you know happily paid off. Dropped sixty two in that game as well. So he's just been on an absolute tear as of late. Even if his shooting isn't necessarily you know lighting up the world, uh, you know six of seventeen in that game hit just about fifty percent in this game as well. He just has so much opportunity in a game. As you know, we don't have the game total for yet, but I expect to have a pretty close spread. Uh, Spurs at home are usually pretty pesky, even though they may not be the most talented squad at this point. But between Jokic and between uh, Will Barton, I really like uh, both their opportunities to be able to put up some pretty big numbers in this game. And then beyond that, if we're looking down into uh, you know, a little bit of value, I'm interested to see how much uh, Bones Island gets an opportunity to keep going. I mean, it just it's clear that the Nuggets like him, that they believe in him, and he's coming off his injury, so we'll have to find out exactly what they uh, decide to do, but uh, it's just one of those things where I think he uh, is going to end up eventually playing more minutes than to Campasso, but it seems Campasso at the moment is the uh, the player of choice to be able to come off the uh, off the bench right away, so uh, it's between, uh, you know, as a GPP pivot, between Campasso and Bones Highland, you might actually find some decent value as uh, you know, one of those dark throws at the end. Yeah, especially knowing that you know, Will Barton was pretty questionable coming into tonight's game. And I think Highland was actually just in health and safety protocols. Uh, I believe he was one of those guys that was lumped in there with like Rivers and a few of these other guys. But uh, I could I could be wrong. I think it was health and safety protocols. And I don't believe he actually had COVID. Um, so I'm, I would expect him to probably get some significant burn, especially if we see that Will Barton sits out with it being a back-to-back. So I'm with you. I think Jokic is top option on the slate, not even close. Uh, definitely don't mind spending up on him. Outside of him, I'm probably not going to be playing Barton. I don't think I'll be playing too much Aaron Gordon as uh, either. 
Uh, Jeff Green at 4,800, I think, is a is a solid option. Again, three game slate, your options are limited, so there's worse you can do. And then I think taking a stab at one of those guards, like you said, Compazzo or Highland, pick your poison. They're both in play. They're both solid options. Uh, probably rather lean Highland just because he has more of a little scoring upside. You're really relying on Compazzo to rack up the assists and then rack up some of those steals. And in the games that he was doing that, I believe Highland was out, so... Uh, probably rather lean a little bit more bones, but sliding over to the Spurs side of the ball, got a couple options I'm looking at here with you know Devin Vassell and Kelvin Johnson all but ruled out. I think that gives us you know solid opportunity for a value player like Kata Bates Diop. Now he's not a great point per minute producer or anything like that, but if he ends up playing 25 to 30 minutes at 3300, he'll probably end up being one of the chalkier value plays on the slate. Uh, so I don't mind looking at him. I expect him to draw that start. Uh, you know, Lonnie Walker would probably end up being one of those other guys that gets a little bit of a boost at 3,700. So both those guys, decent value plays to look at. And it wouldn't even shock me if in this matchup we end up seeing a little bit more Thad Young. Uh, with Kelton out, Kelton plays a lot of the four for them. They can easily slide Diop in there. I mean, Thad Young, the only thing that keeps me in doubt with him is his negative comments that he said and how he basically just wants off this team. He's not being utilized. So Pop could just end up making him kiss the pine, you know. It's always, uh, always worth noting. I just don't fully trust it. Uh, but not a ton of interest necessarily on the Spurs. I think for the first time in my life, I might be leaning a little bit more Derek White over DeJounte Murray in this game. <laughs> yes. Uh, it doesn't, yeah, I know. You're starting to rub off on me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, White played well in this matchup earlier in the season. He's been on a nice little, nice little cooker over the past, like, week and a half or so. So uh, I think I rather would play White. And I know at the end of the day, I'm going to want to spend up on Jokic. And if I have any hope of paying for anybody else, it's it's going to be LeBron over Murray for me. Uh, I think I prefer Mitchell over Murray as well. So, yeah, I think he's probably playing fourth fiddle, uh, maybe even fifth fiddle behind Anthony Davis as well. So just don't see myself having too much Murray. And if I want to get some exposure to this game, it's probably going to be with Derek White or one of those value plays. And, you know, I think Doug McDermott's probably going to draw some decent ownership. At 4,200, you can easily pay that off. He just doesn't have all that upside. So if you have the leftover money and you want to just upgrade from one of those other value plays, like either Bryn Forbes or, you know, Kata Bates Diop, and you have this leftover spend, spend it, sure. Um, but if you're looking to get that extra cash and use it elsewhere, I think I'd rather just take the take the value plays over him. Yeah, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head really, really pretty much across the board. Uh, Deontay Murray is just priced at a point where, uh, given... I could take LeBron James for $400 more. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up leaning to or something like that. Uh, he's probably my favorite of that you know, 10K-ish uh, range. But yeah, Derek White, just again, one, the shooting guard eligibility. Two, I, it's just all about him being able to get his shots up and get it up with confidence. And the fact that he is now at this point consistently getting somewhere close to 18 shots a game versus early on in the season where he was just being passive. It was just a matter of him getting his own game going and his confidence and his role going as far as the uh, Spurs were concerned. So, I mean, we've seen the upside with Derek White before. I think he's uh, getting back into it. He's got a pretty good matchup over here against uh, you know, a number of relatively undersized guards on the other side. And he's, you know, he's always been that little bit bigger than uh, the guys that are there. So you know, I could expect him to have that little bit more usage, maybe a couple more boards as a result of it, but 6,300, just a great spot given I'm likely spending up on, one of those other studs, you're going to have the opportunity to get some exposure with him. 
And uh, yeah, I was thinking about that young as well. But at the same time, I was actually thinking that Bryn Forbes may be the one that gets uh, a little bit more run with uh, Keldon Johnson out. They just like him being able to stretch the floor out. Uh, Pop has you know, loved him always. It's just one of those where he likes to start him even. I mean, I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to start in this game, but he always ends up finding that uh, you know, 20, 25 minutes roll. And if he gets his shot going, you can usually see him pay off uh, his value pretty early as he hits two, three or four threes pretty quickly. I'm just so shocked that we went through this entire podcast and you almost completed the Harris trifecta, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, mentioning Jaron Jackson Jr., Derek White, but you missed Matisse Thibel. You didn't say him, uh, yep. which I don't I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But uh, if, we, if we had Matisse Thibel mentioned from you, man, it was the Harris trifecta uh, in full effect right there. No, but I think you said it perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think we we're pretty much in agreement on this Spurs team. Uh, is that something we need to be worried about? Well, if we both like Derek White on the same slate, does that mean we should we should create the pivot right now or just ride? Yeah, it is, out? That, is that the Murray effect now? The it's yeah, move yeah. on to the White. Yeah, <laughs> it could, it could. But uh, that brings us home. That's all three games. So we'll jump right into our player tier segment. I'll let you start. Expensive tier. Who are you going with? Yeah, and much as I said, uh, Nikola Jokic is just the best straight up option, regardless of position, regardless of salary in this entire slate. Uh, it's just a matter of how good and how high he can go. And the fact that he's now below 12,000 just makes him a uh, no brainer for me in a matchup where he's going to get the better of Pirtle. He always gets the better of Pirtle and they don't have enough size otherwise to be able to really bother him. So you know, he's got all the opportunity to be able to put up another massive night on a back-to-back. I'm not super worried. And the fact that he dropped 70 on him last time on very, very similar personnel on the other side, I expect another really big game here for him. Then I'll go with my man, LeBron James, over there. Both like those guys. I think they're both fantastic options. You know, I think it's actually even a slate where you could probably get away with playing two studs. Just because I think raw points are going to really, really matter on this slate. And if you hit the value in the right spots, you'll have no issue doing that. You just need to make sure that the value pays off. And we'll slide over to the mid-tier. Who are you looking at? I wonder. <laughs> we really got to... Finally, yeah, right. well, uh, the white right, effect. Guys. But yes, Derek White, 6,300. Uh, just go back five minutes to everything I said. He's the guy you want. He's always uh, pretty much my favorite guard on the Spurs just to watch in real life as well. But yeah, it's just a great matchup for him. He's got his confidence back. He's going to shoot somewhere near 18 to 20 shots a game. And that's more than enough with his ancillary stats to pay off his value. Somewhere probably closer into the 7,000s is where I actually think he should be. And we'll see him get there. I'll roll with uh, Stephen Adams at 5,100, right over that threshold. So I like, I do like Stephen Adams. Just been playing really good ball with Brandon Clark out. It's all about the minutes for Stephen Adams. You know, I'm never expecting those 20 and 20 games. He doesn't have the capability of putting those up. But at 5,100, if he can give us, you know, even if it's 12 and 10, with uh, he's actually been good for a few assists this season. Chips in a couple of those with a steal and a block. All of a sudden, you're looking at 30 DK points at 5,100. We'll take that all day. And who is your favorite value play? Yeah, at 4,700, it would be Malik Monk. Just, again, one of those guys that just needs to get a shot going to have everything else go. He's getting the opportunity on a Lakers team that really, really need his offense. Uh, He's hit uh, 12 threes in his last last three games at this point and has just been shooting absolutely lights out. He's going to be needed. It's going to be a fast-paced matchup. We'll see when the totals come out, but my guess is that the Lakers-Memphis game will be the highest total game of the night. So just all the opportunity for him to be able to hit that value and give you a little bit more upside. 
Can't argue with it. Uh, I'll probably lean with who I think is going to start in place of Keldon Johnson, who would be Kata Bates Diop. At 3,300, again, doesn't have the highest ceiling. We've seen him have a couple of 25 DK point games this season. When given the minutes, more or less, you're probably looking at a floor of anywhere between 14, 15, and a ceiling of right around that 25 mark. But if he can get us somewhere in the middle, I'll take that all day long. At 3,300, I think the value is going to be important. Uh, you're going to need it. And on a three-game slate, he's not going to really burn you. Even if he puts you up 15, you could still cash out with that. You'll be okay with that. And now that brings us to our new segment, which I'm very happy to announce through the partnership with Thrive Fantasy is our favorite prop player bet of the night over on Thrive Fantasy. So I had one I kind of alluded to earlier plenty of times, and that is the under on Joel Embiid's points plus rebounds going against this Utah team. It's set at 40.5 right now, which essentially to me that says, okay, 30 and 10. Uh, dice it up however way you want at 25-15. Going against Rudy Gobert, I will take the under on those points and rebounds. Awesome. And I'm going to be a little bonus on here where I think uh, there's two that I feel pretty good about. Uh, First and foremost, it's the uh, Rudy Gobert over on 14.5 rebounds. I think it's going to be a game that, uh, much like the last one where we had 17 or 18 boards on him, it's going to be a high board game. He's going to play 38 to 39 minutes, giving him all the opportunity to be able to do that. And that's a potential 110 points you can get on that. So it's one of the uh, you know, quote unquote riskier options. And in that same vein, Jaron Jackson Jr., 17 and a half total. I expect him to go over that on, again, a very high scoring Lakers and Memphis game where he is going to be the first option. He is going to get somewhere close to 20 shots in the game. And he's just starting to get fully in the rhythm of his offense. Having a great night tonight. I expect him to back back up on that and have another one against the Lakers, a team that uh, really will have to struggle to defend him when he's outstretching at the three-point line. Look at that. The bonus in good picks. Yeah, we need those extra points too. So just taking, you know, the the favorite in the bet isn't gonna isn't gonna win you money every single time. You gotta have a couple trickies in there. Uh, so I do like both of those. So Again, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, as always, whether you're new, whether you've been doing it for a long time. Give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Micah Patria. That is M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, you know what to do. Absolutely. You can catch me on Twitter at H-A-K underscore devil, D-E-V-I-L, where, much like Freddie tonight, I'm going to hit you in the face with some hot takes as well. So just get on there, but uh, don't expect a whistle to come. You think the the refs go back and they you know they they look at it and they're like yep that was a foul that we missed and yeah we're, we're gonna see that two minute report that's every time that we get oh yeah we missed it but it doesn't actually mean anything and the OKC game always makes it funny for me because uh, there's a very infamous game where Westbrook was on the uh, on the Thunder and it was just an absolute like garbage night as far as the refs were concerned and they needed like security presence to help them out from the Raptors fans because they were all throwing stuff at them so it's just been a thing for a while now. So look, uh, make sure you're following Harris on Twitter. That way you can see him spaz out about that two-minute report when it does come out. Uh, basically prints it out and sends it to Silver. Uh, but give us a thumbs up, five-star, wherever you listen to this. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, wherever you may listen. YouTube, we're all over the place. So we really do appreciate it. All those that come in, we see them. We take note. We try to improve. So let us know what you think. Th- uh, thumbs up, five-star. And we will be back tomorrow. It will be Santino and Mr. David Menkoff. They'll be crushing that Friday slate for you guys. So thank you for listening. Thank you for Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Manscaped, shout out to both of them. And we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back. We'll be crushing some tournaments. Nice little three-game slate. 
Take care. Let's go win some money.